got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hootball. I am Damian Barling. Welcome into the show. Thank you so much for being here. We got some FIBA World Cup uh, to talk about today. Plus, the Sacramento Kings general manager, Vlade Divac, is headed in to the Naismith Hall of Fame. Uh, he spoke with the folks on the jump uh, early on Thursday. We'll have some of that sound for you. Uh, rightfully so. He spent a great deal of time talking about his time as a basketball player. He spent some a little bit of time talking about the uh, trade from Los Angeles to Charlotte, uh, his playing days in Sacramento, which he called the the, the highlight of his career. Uh, but they did talk about the Sacramento Kings a little bit, specifically his expectations uh, for next season and his thoughts on De'Aaron Fox. So you'll hear some of that in just a few minutes here. If you want to connect with the show, many ways you could do it. We've got our own text line here. At 916-888-5898. Again, that is 916-888-5898. You can even leave uh, voicemails there that we could play here on the show if you want to be a part of the show. Certainly can. You can connect on Twitter as well. At Damian Barling. Uh, same for Instagram. Uh, search Damian Barling on Facebook as well. You can hit the like button, friend button, whichever page you come across. There's social media all over the place. You can find me there. Uh, no doubt about it. I uh, want to start on kind of a different note before we get into the FIBA World Cup and the way some of your... Uh, Sacramento Kings are playing right now. Uh, we're all very aware of what's going on and what has happened in the Bahamas with the uh, latest hurricane that has hit down there. And if you've been unfortunate enough to see those pictures, man, they're they're brutal. And I say unfortunate enough because if you haven't seen them, I advise you don't. Uh, you can't unsee that. And it's impossible to believe that there are people there going through what they're going through right now. It's just it's just phenomenal to see. It's absolutely awful, but uh, it is happening. And of course, you know, Buddy Heald being from the Bahamas, he has spearheaded a campaign of his own in an attempt to raise money. So he has a GoFundMe page. I've attached that uh, to the description here uh, of this podcast for easy access for you. I know not all of us have the, uh, the means to give to charity, uh, but remember there isn't too little. Uh, these are people who desperately need help, uh, whether it's $1, $2, $5. It, it really doesn't matter. Literally, every single dollar helps. And Of course, uh, that's not only in support of the people uh, out there in the Bahamas, but it is also in support of your uh, Sacramento King Buddy Healed. So uh, just wanted to start the show with that. Uh, I'm sure most of you are aware of it by now, uh, but just in case you weren't, uh, please go check out Buddy Heald's GoFundMe page and and whatever you have. If you have anything to contribute at all to the folks down there in the Bahamas, please do. Uh, no easy way to transition out of that. Uh, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. It's obviously important. It's, it's important to us as, <laughs> as people. Uh, but it's important to us because Buddy is one of our own. And the Bahamas, though, that's Buddy. So I, I wanted to make sure we fit that in there. So forgive the uh, awkward tra- transition from from real life issues uh, back to basketball. But that's where we'll go. This is the basketball podcast. We're going to talk about your Sacramento Kings. We're going to talk about the FIBA World Cup. We're going to talk about international play here just a little bit. Uh, if you didn't see USA versus Turkey, man, holy smokes. I, don't, I think USA is probably going to have a couple of those. They're going to play. Uh, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Obviously, I post this show on Friday. Uh, I think Saturday morning. It's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo against against USA, um, but that I think I think 
I think the U.S. national team has a few more of those 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 turkey fights in them, and that was rough. I don't know if ESPN Plus has archives of those games. I think that they do. If you have ESPN Plus and you can go back and you can watch like the, I'd say last five minutes of the fourth quarter through overtime. Man, it is amazing that USA won that. I think I think Turkey missed like four three for, uh, free throws. Turkey was rough. Uh, they had the game was USA had the game one. They gave it away. Turkey had the game one. They gave it away. And someone has to win. And I guess just in this case, uh, it was the U.S. men's national team. Harrison Barnes, I think he played about twenty eight minutes. Not particularly good. I, I mean. He, it was the, the the five turnover the, the the amount of turnovers that he had is is what really stood out. Uh, that was actually a trait <laughs> that that was a contagious trait that the Sacramento that the uh, U.S. basketball team had throughout that entire game. Uh, that was a rough go there for the uh, for Harrison Barnes and for the entire uh, FIBA World Cup team. But they were able to get the job done. That's all that matters. Uh, they bounced back. Beat up on China pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, they got Giannis Antetokounmpo on Greece coming up, and the tournament just continues to roll along. A lot of Sacramento Kings had their eyes on Bogdan Bogdanovic. He dropped 31 in a first-round game during the FIBA World Cup. Uh, 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 Nemanja Bilalica also on that squad. There, is a couple of, there are a couple of names that people were tweeting about. We're going to get to Bogey and Belly here in just a few minutes. Uh, by the way, folks over at Sacktown Royalty wrote a great article on Bogdan Bogdanovic that I want to touch on here in just a minute. I saw some of you sharing box scores of Yorgos Papianis. Man, y'all need to chill. Y'all got to stop with that. I think what did Yorgos have like uh, two games ago? I think he had fifteen and eight. Oh, you, you get the you know the emojis come out, the double eyes, like the lurking. Oh, I'm seeing what Papianis is doing. God, stop it! Stop it right now. Let me, I'm going to defend Jorgis Papianis for a minute. Whatever Vlade saw in him, that's fine. Let's, let's remember here, the international game is different. It's very, very different. And that's going to come into play here when we're talking about Bogey and Belly in just a minute. But it's really coming into play here when we're talking about Jorgis Papianis. The international game is different. The rules are different. The clock's different. Uh, the way it's officiated is different. Everything about the game is different. Stop watching what these guys are doing and try to implement that into the NBA. Stop. Particularly with Papianis. I'll say this about Jorgis Papianis. I'm I'm a basketball fan just like you are. And I'm not one of those dudes in the media who proclaims that I have this enormous basketball IQ. Like, nah, dude, I just watch basketball and I know what I see. That's it. And I watch Jorgis Papianis. And I hate saying things like this because I don't play the game, man. And I don't mean to undermine someone who does, and I don't mean to undermine someone who does it on a professional level. But during that stretch in which Jorgis Pompeianus was here, during the rare occasions he was actually out on the floor, I can say with certainty, I had never in my time watching basketball seen a player who looked so lost on the court like Jorgis Pompeianus did. Now, that's not an indication of him as a, as a basketball player. Remember he was, he was young when he was drafted and I don't know that he had a feel like we just said, the international game and the NBA game are different. And I don't think Papi Giannis ever got a feel for it. 
And maybe that's an indictment of the Kings for not getting him ready for it. Maybe that's an indictment for the Kings for putting him out there before he was ready. But I'd watch Jorgis Papianis on some nights and be like, man, I don't think he knows what to do out there. It often looked like Jorgis would just kind of go wander. And if the ball came to him, great. I I know there were nights that, yo, Papa G had seven, eight rebounds, and we'd all be excited, like, oh, this is good. And then there'd be, like, you know, a couple of games where he didn't play, and then the next game the ball would hit him in the face four times. It was really – he's one of the stranger players that I've watched that the Sacramento Kings have drafted. And I understand there's a microscope on him because of where he was drafted, so you were – you're probably watching Jorgis Papianos a little bit differently because he was taken in the first round versus if he had been taken in the second. Or if he was a undrafted free agent or if he was just an international player that Vlade brought over. Like I, you know, maybe we're not watching him the same. Maybe we're watching him closer uh, because he was taken in the first round. But he looked lost. And hopefully going overseas, I, I don't know, I don't know that, you know, playing internationally is going to help him with the NBA game because he was already playing internationally. But I never felt like he had a feel for the NBA game. Yeah, I don't know that it's I don't I don't I don't know if that's entirely his fault. I don't know if that's uh, the coaching staff's fault. I, I, I and I, I mean we don't we don't need to place blame on anybody. We 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 don't really need to do that. That's that's not that's not the point in this conversation. The point of the conversation is. Don't start screenshotting box scores of Jorgis Papianis having a decent game and going, oh, look, Vladi was right. I actually criticized Vladi more for giving up on Papianis because it, it, it left the question for me, when you drafted him, what did you think you were getting? Like, did you understand? Because if you thought he was good when you drafted him, I have some questions. I have some questions about that. Did you draft him thinking, okay, he's going to play for us right away. He's going to be ready to go. Did you draft him to bring him in? And like, he's a project. We're going to work with him. My feeling was he was a big man and you were going to work with him. That's my feeling. I've never asked Vlade Divac that. I don't know that for sure. But I thought that was his approach. So when he cut him, it was like, well, why'd you give up? Because it's it's got to be one or the other. Like you drafted him because you thought he was good and he was ready to play. Okay, I have questions about that. Or you drafted him because you thought he was he was a project, and then you cut him. Because you had another year in which you could have kept him and tried. Now, I, I'm not knocking the fact that you can just go, yeah, it ain't going to work. You know, because we always say, we only see so much. Whether we're fans or even media people, even beat writers, you only see so much. You basically... You see what you're allowed to see during the games, and then you see what the team lets you during practice. What happens when there's no cameras around? What happens when there's no beat writers around? Obviously, Vlade had seen, or perhaps in this case, not seen enough to let Jorgis Pavianas go. It's like, ah, this this is just not gonna work. And you just kind of wash your hands of this one going, okay, this was this was a this was a bad draft pick. It didn't really work out. We move on from there. But it's good to see him playing well in international play. I think that's that that appears to be in his play shows that it is where he that's where he's most comfortable. But some of y'all on Twitter get a little bit too excited, and y'all got excited about Bogey, and I get it. The dude's a scorer, man. Thirty-one points uh, just a couple of nights ago. And that's the first time, uh, not the first time that he's uh, dropped some major baskets here in the FIBA World Cup. He's got. 
Nemanja Bilalitsa on his team as well. I think he's averaging, uh, I'm going to reference my Sacktown Royalty article, 24 points per game uh, so far in the uh, FIBA World Cup. Bogey sparked uh, a fun conversation on Twitter this this week as well. Is I've always thought Bogey might be, like if everything works out for the Sacramento Kings, and by works out, I mean in terms of De'Aaron is the stud that you that we all think he's going to be, that we all believe he's going to be, that people around the NBA believe he's going to be. Buddy Heald works out, and he winds up getting a a near-max extension, or he winds up being that caliber of player. He winds up being a player that the Kings are going to lock up long-term. You know, he's going to get that next contract extension. And then your hopes are Marvin Bagley works out. And it's kind of the conversation, you know, to go back, if you hadn't heard the episode, uh, the, the last episode with Aaron Bruski, where we were talking about the Kings potentially being in a situation where everything works out for them in terms of their draft picks, like everything works out and their players wind up being high caliber, but the West winds up being so difficult. They're winning, you know, in the mid forties of games, but they're missing the playoffs maybe the next two years. And now they're entering a situation where they've got to go over the cap, but they're not a playoff team. And I always look back at it, it because we only have really one era to reference. And it's that, you know, that's that it's this, it's the early two thousands era. And it was the trade of Jason Williams for Mike Bibby that, you know, kind of took that team, you know, to the next level that got them into the conference finals and, and had people thinking that they were going to win an NBA championship. And I look at this Sacramento Kings roster and it was like, who's, who's that guy? Who's the guy who you love, but you could get something really, really good back for, and he could just be that small little piece that you're missing. I don't know who that player is. I don't even know what the Kings look like yet. It might not. I always thought it would be Bogey, and not because, not because of Bogey's skill set. Because if you you need a point guard, you got De'Aaron. You need your big, you got Marvin Bagley. Hopefully, you got things working out with Harry Giles as well. You need a shooter, you got Buddy Heald. But what do you need? Well, we need a, I don't know. We need a defender. We need a defender on the wing. We need someone who's a notch above Harrison Barnes. Bogey can get you 20, 24. 26, he can get you 20 a game. What can we get in return for him? I always wondered if he would be that guy for the Sacramento Kings. Now, I'm not trying to project. It could absolutely be Buddy. You know, it, it, it could be somebody. We Now, again, this is a super hypothetical question, but we're still a month away from training camp, so bear with me a little bit. I look at the game Bogey had, and I go, man, everybody across the league is watching this dude play. And the Kings are are grooming guys like that are getting attention. Bogey's one of them. De'Aaron is another. I think it's going to be Marvin Bagley this season. Those guys are going to be getting a lot of attention. League-wide, I mean. I'm talking media attention. I'm talking national attention. There are going to be names that are going to be talked about. Marvin Bagley is not going to be talked about because of a rap battle with Dame Lillard. He's not going to be talked about because he dropped another good album. He's going to be talked about because he's a hell of a ball player who's now consistently playing 30 minutes and he's putting up 22 and 12. Regularly, averaging 22 and 12. Like we could be, I asked the question last year, is there is there a chance? And I'll ask this question to you now. Is there a chance that Marvin Bagley, given the depth of the position, is there a chance that Marvin Bagley is an all-star before De'Aaron Fox? Like, think about that for a minute. Think about how the all-star game works. Think about, think about all-star positioning. Think about where De'Aaron Fox plays and think about who else is at that position. We could be looking at a very real scenario because we've all seen the numbers of when Marvin Bagley plays 
you know, 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes per game. We've all seen those numbers. But now instead of doing it for, you know, what was it last year? 15 games or 16 games or something like that. Now it's every game. Now it's on a night-to-night basis where he's going, you know, 28 to 35 minutes. NBA is going to notice that. If those numbers are even remotely close to what they were last year, Marvin Bagley's an all-star. And it's easier to make it in that, you know, the, 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 the front court, back court. It's, it's, it's easier to make it for him in that position. It's brutal in the West, period, but it's really brutal when you're a guard. And that's what's going to be so difficult about De'Aaron Fox making an all-star team. But I think people are seeing him now. Like, they're noticing him. They're talking about him. Again, I don't want to be a broken record, but it's why I wanted him on that USA basketball team so bad. One, you know, he's, he's, he's around all those guys. He's around Pop. He's around Kemba. He's around the players. He's around the, you know, the staff and the whole deal. But people are watching, and they're seeing him. And now you're entering the season going, oh, man. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta tune in the league pass tonight, because <laughs> Lord knows you're not gonna see him on national television. I gotta tune in the league pass tonight. I gotta, I gotta see De'Aaron Fox play. We've got the, we've got the Kings and the Mavericks. Everybody loves the freaking Mavericks. I'm so sick of hearing people talk about the Dallas Mavericks. That team's not making the playoffs. The Dallas Mavericks are not making the playoffs. But they've been, they've been like gifted the, the eighth spot already. It's amazing to me. Y'all going with Dallas over Sacramento? Like, even if you just broke it down to those two teams, why Dallas over Sacramento? Like, you think that highly of Kristaps Porzingis? And I understand, Kristaps is good, but we haven't seen homeboy play for a minute. You know, Dirk of 10 years ago isn't there anymore. Rick Carlisle's a hell of a coach. No doubt about that. Luka's good. How's Luka going to play next year? Is Luka going to jump? Is he going to be the same? Is he going to regress? I ask you something. We're talking about players here. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell had a tremendous rookie year. Did he regress his second year? Like, real, like, real, like, think about that for a second. He wasn't bad, right? But he wasn't as good as he was his first year. And I know, and, and, and part of this is, I know he had a really, I, I don't want to say rough 40, like first half of the season, but there was a stretch really for sure the first quarter of the season where it was like, ah, uh, yo, what happened to Donovan? <laughs> like, he was the darling last year. Like, what's what's going on? And I felt like he got considerably better during the final quarter of the season. But in totality, like if we didn't break the season down, if we didn't break the 82-game season down into quarters, did Donovan Mitchell regress last year? Because while De'Aaron took a jump, it felt like Donovan regressed. And I used to argue last year, I actually had this argument the other day, De'Aaron Fox was better than Donovan Mitchell was last year. And the totalities of their career right now is a wash. If we're breaking it down into boxing rounds, it's, it's one-to-one. So I think we sometimes make these assumptions. Well, they've been around the league longer. They've been around the strength coach longer. They've been around the uh, uh, the skills coaches longer. They're just going to make this big jump the second year. I can't stress this enough. I might just make it a point to say this every single podcast. What De'Aaron did last year wasn't normal. <laughs> he made, a, they used it, it was a quantum leap. He made a big jump from year one to year two. 
Now, if Luca makes a jump, you know, a jump the size of De'Aaron Fox from year one to year two, that's like he's going to be a force to deal with. And I'll have to eat my words and the Dallas Mavericks will make the playoffs. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to take Kristaps Porzingis some time to, to get back. There is something to that. Maybe the Mavericks get rolling in the second half of the season. Maybe they get rolling in the final quarter of the season. I don't really know what it is, but I don't see that team as a playoff team. But when we go back to the original point of looking at the way Bogey played, and, you know, Nemanja Belalitsa is an interesting, he's an interesting topic of conversation for this upcoming season as well. Because Nemanja was really good to start last year, and then he wasn't. Like there, I I don't I don't think there's an in between there. It was like, oh, he he's really good. Like he's a difference maker for the Sacramento Kings right now, and then suddenly he's not. And I don't really know why that was the case. It's just suddenly his his play, his level of play, like it it completely de- it just drastically decreased. And I wonder, like I think about him and this upcoming year, like what is his role with this squad? Because now we got a new coach in there. Right, Luke Walton's there. We expect the style of play to be pretty similar, if if, if not the same. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm certain that that's our hope, and I'm certain that that's Vlade and, and and the rest of the front office contingent. I'm assuming that's the expectation. We did something last year that got people's attention. We did something last year that was really good. We're bringing you in here, Luke, to continue that because we believe you can coach that style, and we believe we have the roster that fits that style. So where does Belly fit in all of that? Because, you know, let's not forget to start last year. Bogey was injured. And I'll, you know, I can't, I'll never knock his play last year. He wasn't nearly as good as he was, you know, the previous season. He had moments, but the collective of his season wasn't good. And I don't think we can ignore the fact that he was hurt very early in the season and just, he, it's one of those situations where you try to get back, you try to get back there on the floor as soon as possible and help out your teammates. And now, you know, let's go John Gruden here and knock on wood and hope the rest of the season, you know, goes well. I hope the rest of the FIBA World Cup goes well. He doesn't get injured. He's entering the season completely healthy. It's like, okay, how is that different now? Like, how does that shape the Sacramento Kings rotations now? You're expecting more from Marvin Bagley. I assume they're expecting more from Harry Giles. You've also got Deadman. You've got Trevor Ariza. Harrison Barnes resigns with you. Buddy Heels there. Where does Nemanja Bilalica fit in all of this? Again, he had his moments where he was really good. He had his moments where he was non-existent, and then he just he was. There were moments where he was fine. But there were far more moments where he was like he was he was good, and those were like really at the beginning of the season, and then far more moments uh, towards towards the end of the season, towards the last no little over gosh I think it was over half the season where it's like hey where's Belly? Is he oh he's out there just didn't notice him for the last forty minutes there he is all right one of the more fascinating obviously Kings fans were focused on wins right we're focused on how the team performs. And then we'll focus a little bit on, like, okay, how's Marvin Bagley doing? How's De'Aaron Fox doing? How, how, how are the studs and the stars doing? But, man, minute distribution is something I am extremely interested in in the upcoming season. 
how they work all of these guys into the rotation is something I can't wait to see. Because Bogey can play. And what are you going to do with Nemanja there? Again, all things I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing. And I, gosh, I think we're less than a month away from training camp. And I cannot wait uh, for it to get here. I uh, mentioned Vladdy Dibok, the Sacramento Kings general manager, is headed into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, a well-deserving honor for him. Uh, recap a couple of things uh, that he spoke about on the jump before we let you hear what he said about the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Rachel Nichols asked him about Chris Weber and him not being in the Hall of Fame, and Vlade was adamant. Uh, he's going to be here. Uh, Chris is just one of the best players of his generation. He is going to be a member uh, of the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's not here yet, uh, but he absolutely will be. He also called the six years that he spent in Sacramento as a player uh, just the best of his career and the most fun uh, that he's had. And then the conversation sif- shifted to the current crop of Sacramento Kings. So we're going to let a couple of uh, questions play here in a row, and we're going to start with uh, what Vlade expects from the Sacramento Kings. And the way Rachel Nichols worded the question was, are the Sacramento Kings going to make the playoffs next season? Well, I think, you know, we're going to make a step forward. Uh, I'm so happy the way our guys are uh, playing. You know, they had a great season last year. Uh, They made a big improvement. They are playing together. They're playing the right way, so uh, uh, I'm expecting good things this year. Vlad, he finished the sentence, has the type of season he's capable of, then blank. I love the way Vlad answered that question. It's a tough question to answer because Rachel threw it out there. She didn't, hey, what do you expect from the Kings this year? It was, do you think your team, do you expect your team to compete for the playoffs? And uh, do you expect your team to make the playoffs? And that's a tough spot to put Vlade in because if he says, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs, that doesn't go well. We, we know it doesn't. Even if, I mean, even if they're fighting until the, like, that's tough. I mean, I remember when Ron Artest did it. Like, I know everybody remembers when Ron Artest did it. I think the Kings were under 500 at that point. It was like, oh, Ron just said we were going to make the playoffs. And they did. To, to their credit, you know, to Ron's credit, they did. They did make the playoffs, but that's it's the way the question was worded about the Kings making the playoffs. It's a tough position for Vlade, and I thought he handled that question beautifully, and I don't think he could have answered it any better. Uh, the next question was uh, about De'Aaron, and uh, if De'Aaron maximizes his potential, what would this upcoming season look like for him? He should be all star. You know, he's a, he's a tremendous talent. You know, and player that you know uh, is perfect perf, perfect fit for the today's game. Um, very athletic. Uh, uh, his speed is unbelievable, a great leader, and uh, we are happy to have De'Aaron Fox on our team. That's excellent. You've got another team you're All keeping right, your... Rachel, thank you. And then they go on to talk about... Actually, we'll let that play for a minute because she goes on to talk about the Serbian I know, national I team. I know. Serbia, very active in this World Cup. Most experts think that they are the most likely team to beat Team USA if the Americans do lose in this tournament. Uh, I know our producer Danny is so convinced the Serbians are going to win. He's trying to get everyone in the newsroom to bet on him. So you've got support here at the jump. <laughs> um, do you think that if they face off in the FIBA World Cup that your team's going to come out on top? I just received a message from uh, uh, Belly and Boggy, you know, uh, to congratulate on my uh, Hall of Fame induction. and. Uh, I send them back message. Uh, uh, I'm expecting a gift uh, back to in Sacramento, and I'm just uh, uh, receiving golds. So ah, we'll good see. To know. That's good stuff right there. I thought that was a fun answer there from the Sacramento Kings general manager Vlade Divac, who is headed into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. A honor, uh, much deserving of him. Remember, this is 
This is the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He was a, he was a, they, I remember they asked him if he was the father of flopping. He was like, no, man, it came from soccer. That's a soccer trade. I just did it better than anyone else. Uh, but that's an honor. This is this is a great honor for Vlade Divac and one uh, very much deserving of him, especially given uh, his play internationally. So good for the Sacramento Kings head coach. Uh, if you'd like to chime in on any of the conversations that we had here today, you know I'd love to hear from you across multiple social media platforms. Big thank you to everybody who has reached out on Twitter just to let me know that you're listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to know people are out there just Instead of looking at download numbers all day, uh, actually being able to interact with you is pretty awesome. So it's at Damien Barling on Twitter, Damien Barling on Instagram, Damien Barling on Facebook. I'm very uncreative when it comes to these social media handles. Uh, you can even email me, DamienBarling at me.com. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do tell all your friends about it as a NBA season approaches here real soon. You don't want to miss out on any Sacramento Kings news. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, if you have a moment and you're on iTunes, could you hit the five-star review real quick? Just hit those five stars. It takes a split second. That would be awesome if you have an extra a minute or two and you want to leave us a review here. That would be greatly appreciated as well. Remember, if you're looking for Buddy Heels fundraiser, I put it into the description of the podcast, so it's easy there uh, for you to find. If you have anything to give, if you could support, great. If not, no worries. Uh, just send your thoughts and prayers there to the folks in the Bahamas. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sacramento Kings podcast here presented by Hoop Ball. I'm Damian Barling. We will see you next time.